Welcome to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast, the show by and for female millennial entrepreneurs who are building and running thriving, successful businesses while living life to the fullest. I'm your host, Alessandra Polina. This episode is brought to you by Love Me Free, a monthly box delivering practical self-care for the everyday mom. It's a perfectly curated selection of premium products sourced from other women-owned businesses. We all want to shop small, but often it's a lot easier to add to cart on Amazon than put the time into finding and ordering from small brands. Consider this your easy monthly way to support women-owned businesses while receiving self-care items for yourself, all picked out by a fellow mom who does all the research for you and makes sure they're great items from wonderful brands that we want to support. Plus, your subscription comes with an online community of new mom friends with virtual events and more fun stuff. Right now, there are special Mother's Day boxes available too. Check out lovemefreemovement.com to order a one-time box or to sign up for a monthly subscription. And you can get 15% off your first month with code QUOTABLE. That's Q-U-O-T-A-B-L-E. So go to lovemefreemovement.com to check it out. I'm so happy to have Gina Brocker and Angie Bonin on here with me today. They're both photographers and they're also educators who just launched Revealing the Narrative, which is a new course for other photographers. So I'm really excited to talk to you guys today. Thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. So I know, and I know it's a little funny to have two people at once. So we're going to kind of bear with us actually. Angie, why don't you say just like hi first? And then Gina, you say hi, just so that people can listening can put a little, you know, name with a voice so that um, as you're talking after this, they'll maybe have a sense. Who knows? Hi, I'm Angie. It's good to be here. I'm excited. And hi, I'm Gina. Thanks for listening. Awesome. So hopefully people will have a sense of who's who because they know you guys are both obviously awesome, independent photography business owners individually, and then also have now teamed up for revealing the narrative. So I kind of want to talk about both of those things or all of those things. But first, let's start with a little bit, you know, brief background of how you started your businesses, where you got to where you are today. And then we'll dive into, I think, a lot more of like what that looks like now. But yeah, Gina, why don't you go first? Because Yeah, of course. So um, I actually studied photography in both undergrad and graduate school. And I was doing a course on documentary photography. And a friend of mine was asked to photograph her friend's wedding. And she asked me if I could help out because she had never photographed a wedding before. And we were kind of given total creative license to photograph however we wanted or saw fit. And um, kind of before that, I never had really entertained the idea of doing weddings. But after that wedding, I was just so excited about it because it was the first time I really had the total freedom to photograph anybody. And everybody was just really okay with me photographing them without any sort of work beforehand. So... I just found it really exciting and all the different ebbs and flows of the day, the emotions, et cetera. And that is sort of how I started my business. After that, I was like, yeah, this is a great career. And I just really dove into it. And after doing like a handful of weddings with other photographers, I just started launched my own business. And that's how that started. And then 10 years later, Angie and I really bonded over our love of like, really authentic documentary photography. And we started revealing the narrative so we could really kind of empower other photographers to really 
photograph in a way that feels fulfilling to them and find clients that really appreciate that. Awesome. Angie, do you want to add anything to that? That, I mean, obviously add a little bit of your background story. And I'm also super curious on how the two of you actually met. Did you meet through, you can weave this into your, um, your telling, but did you guys meet through photography or did you know each other? Yeah. We met met through photography. I think we first met, I had moved just outside the city and I put up a post on like a Facebook group, like, Hey, who lives around here? Do you want to meet up? And that was the first day we met, I believe Angie, wasn't it? I think I reached out. I don't really remember. It's been a few years. <laughs> yeah. So essentially like the photography community in Boston is actually quite small. It's not as large. I mean, you think like, let's say there's like, you know, 2000 photographers that do this regularly. Ironically, you end up meeting them, most of them, if they're somewhat social. And mm-hmm. so Gina was being social and trying to meet local people. Yeah. And um, I really liked her work. So I ended up reaching out, I think, about meeting. And um, we used yeah, to yeah. have like, we local, met the- yeah, local groups that like met up once in a while. And um, yeah. that's probably how most of us met is like through some of these local groups and then deciding to like grab coffee after. Yep. I remember that we grabbed coffee afterward. I think we went over to your house because she lives right next to a coffee place. And yeah. And then like after a few years of knowing each other, we would meet up often to talk about like basically help each other figure out things or just like really delve into new exciting ideas. And then we decided on doing this and COVID happened, which gave us the total amount of time to really run with it and really do everything we wanted to do with it. Right. Yeah. I think a big problem for a lot of solo entrepreneurs is it's very lonely. And then also when you have problems or questions, like there's no one else to turn to. So the nice thing I would say about the Boston area is like photographers are very friendly. So I've gotten like, that's how we ended up meeting and like chatting. And then we ended up referring each other. But when we needed a problem or when we had a problem or a question, like we'd just like reach out to each other to be like, how would you approach this? Mm -hmm, Uh, That was really helpful. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, I, and I don't know if you, if you guys know, but this podcast kind of came out of a group that I started for female millennial entrepreneurs back in the day, because I had the same thing. I was like, I don't know anyone else. Like, who do I bounce ideas off of? Who do I ask? Like, have you ever run into this before? Like, have you had this issue with clients before or things like that? And I did the same thing. I was like, who wants to like meet for coffee and just talk about like what you're doing? Yeah. And just having that community to like be on the same journey together, you know, it's pretty fun, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So that's awesome that you guys like found each other and obviously (laughs) got along well and and could start a new venture together. I want to back up for two seconds though, and just hear a little of, of Angie's story, because I know it's very different in that, like Jeannie, you had like a very photography focused background and Angie, like not as much. Right. So no, I'm actually kind of a science nerd. So, and ironically, I have a lot of science clients. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> maybe that was uh, not yes. So yeah. essentially, essentially, what happened was I was a biologist and I was in research, and I just found it was the work was very interesting, and I love the study of it, but it's very lonely and isolating. Um, and I was finding, you know, you're like long hours in a lab with like no contacts of anybody else. And so I wanted to do something and I was actually looking for opportunities and I sort of stumbled into photography and it didn't occur to me until after that I actually had... So my mom is an art teacher and so she was actually in college at the same time I was really young uh, and she used to like kind of take me to classes and inadvertently absorbed a lot of my knowledge on things like composition, lighting, that sort of stuff just from being around her. 
and you know, it just, it worked it itself into everyday life. So I, I had an, some sort of art education without it being formalized. And it didn't occur to me until we actually started photographing. And then, you know, all of that was sort of coming out that way. So yeah, so totally, totally science geeky side, not at all artistic creative side. But then thankfully, they've actually kind of merged really wonderfully together. So I can be a little crazy about composition because it has to follow lines and structure and things like that. But at the same time, it allows me to walk into a space and see it completely differently than someone might normally, which is kind of fun. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. It's like, I mean, obviously the like artisticness was there. It was all probably always there since you were little all along but you hadn't let it out yet. (laughs) Surprisingly, like when I told my parents, I was like quitting biology to become a photographer. My parents, I thought, you know, they're like, oh my God, you did this degree in career. And like, I thought they were going to be really upset. And they're like, oh, I'm so happy. We didn't know why you ever decided to become a biologist. And I was like, four years and how many thousands of dollars later? Then you tell me that you thought I should have been an artist. <laughs> they never mentioned it. They, oh, they th- they, were, they were trying to be supportive of, you know. They were being supportive, so yeah. <laughs> well, and photography is like, I mean, hard. Not that a lot of things aren't, but like, obviously you hear a lot of like, oh, it's hard to make it as a photographer, right? Or it's hard to make it as an artist is what I was going to say. Um, and obviously photography falls into that because people have, I feel like this mindset that, you know, a starving artist, people aren't going to pay you much for your work. It's hard to make a living. Um, a lot of artists aren't very business-minded. So I feel like all of those things probably feed into like what your family thinks about when you're trying to do it. But obviously those are things that you guys both totally overcame or weren't an issue. I don't know. Tell us more about that. Like how long did it take to feel kind of successful? What did, what did that look like to um, feel like you were successful? Like you were, this was like a full-time job and you could be, you know, making money at it and and then actually running it as a business. Yeah. That's such a great question. Cause I didn't realize how fortunate I was sort of when I started it as sort of Ireland's a very, um, I started, sorry, I started the photography business in Ireland and it's very much a word of mouth country. It's a, you know, small country and you just, you know, you had a few weddings and those sort of spread like wildfire. And I was doing about 40 a year pretty quickly. And I remember thinking, feeling like, oh, because I can't really take on more work, that means like it's successful. And now in retrospect, I think it's successful if you are sort of meeting your goals, whatever those may be. And you're feeling like not only that you feel fulfilled from it, but that you're making what you want and need to make from it. So maybe, you know, I, I really learned a lot through that process of you really have to decide what's successful for you individually and not play the comparison game and really figure out, okay, what do I need to make? What do I want to make? And what do I want my life to look like? And how do I want to feel? Cause yeah. that was too much for me. I mean, I, I mean, I love photography. I always have, but you need to live to be able to be creative. And when you're just like going through this cycle of shooting, editing, shooting, editing, shooting, editing, it's just too much. So for me, that was too much. And now I'm more in like the 20 is like my max, you know, of weddings a year. And I figured out how to charge what I need to be successful or with that and have the lifestyle that I want to have. So that's sort of what it means to me now. Yeah. Yeah, that makes no, that totally makes sense. Like, it's just as much about the life that you're able to live and like how much of your time you have for other things and how much you want to actually be spending for 
work and how much of those weekends you want to be spending like with other people's families rather than your own, I imagine, because weddings especially are often on weekends. And then how much you need to charge to make sure that you're making your living off of that, basically, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like weddings are super fun to go to. And I really like, I come back rejuvenated from it and I want to keep it that way. Do you know? Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I think that was a good point where it's like, what does success mean to you? I felt like when I, there was a point where someone inquired and I was like, this is not a good fit. And I was like, I felt like I knew I didn't have to take this wedding. So it was where I felt like, okay, I can refuse something. And not a lot of people can like, not everyone can do that. So that I felt like maybe that was a little bit of privilege there. But um, that's when I was like, oh, actually I'm doing really well. Like you said, like making what I need to in order to pay bills, do things, set up for, contribute to my 401k. <laughs> so like a little moment like that is when it sort of hit me that I was like, oh, this is actually going really well. But I think before that, you're so busy in the trenches, just trying to get it going to figure out what you need to do in order to feel your level of success, whatever that is. you don't even realize like how much you've done and how far you've come. That's such a great point, Angie. And like not feeling super anxious about getting the bookings and not feeling desperate to take something that you know is not right for you or like, you know, you're ignoring the flags because you feel like you have to. And that's not what working for yourself is all about. You know, it's like about this like idea of freedom and fulfillment. And I think that to me is the success and the financial security too, right? Yeah, sure. no, that makes, I feel like we, everyone can relate to that photography artist or not yeah. anyone who starts their business. I feel like I've had the same, that same thought as you, Angie, like, oh, wait, I actually can like curate my clients yeah. now and like work <laughs> with people who I really want to. And I can really honestly say like, you know what? We can't bring on another client unless we really want to work with them or unless we think it's going to be a really fun project or it's going to be, for whatever reason, something that's going to be really fulfilling for us because we don't have a lot of time and we don't feel like we, I don't feel like we need to be trying to take whatever we can, which like for so many years of starting business is like, where's the next client going to come from? Like, I have to take whatever I can get kind of like mindset. I feel like is so easy to be into. And I feel like part of, I mean... I'm sure there's so many things that go into it, but part of what has probably made you guys so successful is that you have a really unique style of photography, right? You're not taking like the same pictures that other wedding photographers are taking. And it really differentiates you, I'm sure, from like a lot of other options out there. So was that something that was always like intentional for you when it came to either photography or when it came to weddings specifically? And like, what does that look like in terms of like differentiating yourselves and developing those that personal style and what that's done for you? So I think this is really interesting because for me, I had a total switch. So I came into this without this photojournalism background and I felt such a strong need to show really well curated, like detailed images when I first got started. And I thought I wasn't going to be able to book a client unless I did that. And I remember specifically having a conversation with someone who was a sort of became my mentor and he was a photojournalist and he was like, no, you do not need to show photos of shoes or any of this stuff. You need to show like important moments with families. And I was like, what does that mean? Like it, it didn't even occur to me yet. And then years later, I ended up talking with him and I was like, I haven't shown a shoe shot in like six years (laughs) and my life is so much happier. And it's just because like, it was sort of the realization of what was important of what I was doing. It it wasn't that I had to start 
once I started moving away from sort of the traditional wedding photography that everybody shows on every single website and really started to get of like the heart of what matters and images that gave me like an emotional reaction or brought me pride or like was very important to the client. And that's what it was. It was like, when you hand over these selections of images and the client is like crying because these are important moments that really show the personality and the connection with their friends and family or moments that like, you know, they're never getting back again. And once I realized like what the purpose of this was, it wasn't just pretty images, but really meaningful moments. I sort of switched and made that connection and and just kind of ran with it. And I found I've had such better connection with clients, such better connection with the art. And for me, it's just been so much more fulfilling. But yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting, just the the total switch on my end from being like, no, I have to have nice shoes and all this pretty stuff. And and then realizing like that all kind of fades away in the end and it's just the people. Yeah. Has yeah. anybody ever asked specifically for like a shoe shot or do they kind of know, now people know going into it that that's not your thing or... I'm just curious. I'll, now I let them know if there's a detail that you need, put it to the side in the beginning and I'll do it. But then otherwise I'm just focusing on the people. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and it's really like-, like the clients don't even really want that sort of photography anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that. Like there's like, they're not going to like frame like the picture of the shoes or like hang that on the wall. It's the it, picture of like them with their families and friends. That's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen anyone print and put up a photo of their shoes on the wall or even like when they, when it comes to like album selection, that's like some of the first photos to get cut because they want that's the photos the family instead. Yeah. And I came from a documentary photography background. So I really was using that as default um, when I was photographing weddings because that was what I was passionate about and what I knew. And it was funny because I really had a I had to teach myself like how to do formal family photographs. And I had to teach myself like those more traditional things that do happen at weddings. And I remember when I was in Ireland, I really felt like I was sort of doing it how I wanted to do it and it was working. And then when I was moving over to the Boston area, I was trying to set up my business overseas. And then like it wasn't really taking off at the rate I wanted to. And I had this sort of like photo identity crisis, like, oh no, maybe I do have to do the traditional wedding stuff. So similar to Angie, like, are people not going to book me if they're not seeing like a bouquet and like these sort of like Pinterest kind of portraits, you know? And uh, I kind of like created this new website that had this whole different feel And that's honestly like one of my biggest regrets because then I sort of deviated off what I cared about. And then like, luckily again, it was another photographer that said to me like, you know, I remember moving here. I finally like moved over where my husband's visa was like this whole big process. Anyhow, we end up being here and um, I finally got to meet some photographers in person and I was like, I introduced myself and I was like, oh yeah, well, you know, I documentary wedding photography is like, oh really? I didn't really notice that on your site. And I was like, oh, and I sort of explained and he's like, no, you have to do what you want to do and live and die by that. And I was like, that's great advice. So (laughs) I like redid my portfolio and it really like, then I stood out and more importantly, I was doing what I wanted to do again and finding the right clients. So it's this sort of like hiccup of like, self-doubt. And that's something we really talk a lot about in the course is self-doubt and how that can really throw you off your loop and throw you off what you're meant to do for you and that whole comparison game and all that good stuff. So that was like a really, you know, a huge life lesson. That's like our whole goal of this course is to have people learn from our mistakes, I guess, instead of having to make their own, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. 
I want to add something really quick to that. So sort of like creating what you want and having this identity and like moving forward with that. I think when I first got started, I didn't really quite know what that meant. And I felt like Style Me Pretty was really big when we like hit the market. And I think there was just such a strong pull to feel like everybody else and do the same sort of style. And it wasn't anything that really resonated with us. And um, ironically, just like a couple weeks ago, I get a call from a potential client who ended up booking and they are so lovely. And they actually told me, they're like, I didn't even know what I was looking for until I saw your website. Hmm. And she just said like, she was looking through all these portfolios and it was like, oh, you know, this and that and everything looked very standard and very much one website to the next looked about the same. And then she said, she saw mine. She was like, I got it instantly and we connected. And so I'm like, so excited. And I feel like that's what we're kind of trying to show other photographers is you don't need to follow this cookie cutter standard. You can embrace images that are maybe a little bit messier, but more true to life and more authentic. And with that, you will stand out and that will connect with your customers when they meet you. Yeah. And I think, I feel like the fact that both of you have built these businesses totally proves that. And that you, Gina, that you kind of did it twice because you built, kind of started your business in a different country once you moved Mm, here. Yeah. Like you obviously figured out this is actually something people want. And I love that. I love that both of you had like kind of that moment with another photographer, like a mentor kind of person who was like, you know what, you need to do what you want to do. And And now you're kind of being that for the people who don't have like that kind of mentor or like another photographer in their life, but want to do photography, you know, make their photography business successful or viable or whatever. Like you're now kind of being that mentor through the course that you guys are, that you have just launched. So I just love how you're kind of taking it full circle. But yeah, I mean, I want to touch for a second, like, cause obviously there's so much more beyond just the photography, like that goes into actually like having a photography business, right? So I bet most people, or I bet a lot of people go into it because they're great at photography or they love photography, but to have some longevity to your photography business, you also need to have a strong business foundation. Like what are some of the things that go into running a successful photography business besides just taking the photos? Like what else do you need to do? What costs do you have? Kind of like behind the scenes that people don't necessarily know about or see when you're thinking about costing your projects and, or, you know, your work or you're making your salary or what you're going to bring home. Um, What other kind of skills do you kind of need to know, or have you had to like develop along the way, things like that to actually make it be a business, not just photography. Absolutely. Like a, a big learning curve for me was just that client communication, customer service, um, even talking to clients on the phone and learning how to sell, but with connection first. And that I remember like my first time trying to explain my photography services and sell them. I mean, oh my gosh, it was just wow. You know, and that was like a big learning curve for me, like to learn how to provide like this workflow of making sure the client understands what I do and and hearing their needs and being able to meet their needs and walk them through timelines, you know, delivery, like albums, et cetera, et cetera. And then a lot of it was the financial legal aspects such as contracts and accounting. Like those were the biggest sort of hurdles for me. Um, What about you, Angie? So I think in general, like to start a photography business compared to other businesses is a low cost of entry. So if you have $20,000, you can potentially, or I mean, you could probably start it with less, but you could get all the equipment and everything that you need to get going as opposed Mm -hmm. to like, if you want to open a restaurant, you're half a million or more. (laughs) Yeah. 
So there's a lot of people that start it and there's a lot of great artists that start it, but the, in order, if you want to keep anything going, you have to be able to run it as a business. Um, and I think a lot of people don't really understand how significant that portion is and how difficult it is. Mm -hmm. Um, and even when it comes to the term of like sales, so we think of like, you know, buy now for X amount of dollars and you get X, Y, Z. And that is like sort of like a cheesy sales tactic. And I think for us, it comes down to being able to show your services, what you offer and really be able to connect with the client and show the heart and love that you have for it. And that's what we mean by sales. So it's like how to talk to them so that way they feel comforted and secure and really great about working with you because it's a relationship. And on the wedding day, you are going to spend all day with them. And if they don't feel that connection, you're not going to get those images and they're going to be side-eyeing you the whole day. Yeah. About Um, showing your, showing your value, you know, and showing that and creating that connection. Like that's, and how, how do you do that over like one phone call and emails and possibly meeting up, which doesn't happen so much anymore these days. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think really what it comes, the business portion comes down to communication. Like that is hands Mm. down. The biggest thing is like how to communicate to your clients from when they inquire all the way to when you deliver their images and how to set expectations. Those are the big things. Yeah. And another huge, huge, huge one is marketing yourself and letting people find you and also sending the right message when they do find you. So that like how that photographer saw Angie or sorry, the client saw Angie's site and was like, wow, this is what we want. Like that's like be, you know, creating your website and creating your portfolio and creating all the text that really resonates with your ideal clients is, is huge too. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I think, and a lot of those things are things that all business owners, yeah. again, <laughs> to, like these are like universal things that people need mm-hmm. to get comfortable with and familiar with as you run any successful business. Absolutely. But, um, and there's like, you know, there's other photography stuff, such as like editing and, and things like that. And those are also like perfect candidates for outsourcing is <laughs> we go over to. Yeah. So tell me, I mean, this sounds like a lot of the things that you probably go into in the course. So <laughs> let's, I want to hear a little more about like how you guys came like teamed up to actually go into business together to create a course, because I think it's something that I feel like courses are pretty big right now. It's something a lot of people kind of like think about and want to kind of do and or take. Like, I feel like there's a lot of people making courses and a lot of people taking courses and a lot of the same people. Um, and I don't know, doing it together. It sounds, sounds like obviously nice to have a partner in, in doing something. Obviously I'm sure there's other challenges that come with just partnering in any business, but I'm just curious about like the behind the scenes of like how you guys decided to come together to like do this project together and like how you actually created like a course. Obviously it seems, and I know you mentioned, you like alluded to this before that you guys had started or at least had the idea for this before COVID, but then when everything kind of like shut down, it seems like it could not have come at a more perfect time when you were probably doing less weddings and things like that. Yeah. What was that like just to decide to kind of go into a second venture and with a, with a partner after having like businesses individually for so long? Yeah, it was exciting. I I remember feeling like, wow, this could be really good because I feel like me and Angie are on the same page with so many things. And then we also have like our expertise sort of coordinate very well. So I feel like when people take the course, they're going to be getting instead of one person, I feel like it's tricky to have one person be an expert in everything. But when you combined us, I really feel like 
every aspect that we're talking about, we know very well and have mastered very well. So that's exciting. I think it comes out to be a balance because some of my strengths are the opposite of Gina's and like vice versa. So for instance, like she has this very strong photojournalism storytelling. Like she knew exactly how to approach that and be able to communicate to clients. Like when we're talking about storytelling and photography, this is how we go about it. And that was like priceless. And then when it came to something like sales or, you know, how to make clients feel comfortable, I was like, oh, I could do that. (laughs) So I think together we've actually balanced each other out to be a much more full dynamic course than we would have been able to offer independently. And how we came upon it is um, we just realized like we've had people reach out to us about mentorships and things like that. And you can only mentor a couple people while you're busy doing your wedding, your weddings during the year. And we just thought we could reach so many more people and really help to change the industry by being able to offer an online course to reach just so many more individuals than we could ever independently do on our own. Yeah. And we feel so passionate about the moment-driven approach. Like we really do. Like when we started having conversation about it, we would kind of get very passionate about it and go on about how, how important it is and how it should be more of the norm because people really appreciate it. And that's the heart and soul of weddings is the people and the love and all that beautiful connection and emotion and being able to allow, empower people to get that for themselves and for their clients too. Yeah. I love it. I mean, I think I love that you're just like willing and open to sharing like everything that you guys have spent years kind of figuring out yourselves and building up yourselves and doing and being that mentor to people who might not otherwise have it. So I think that's really cool. Did you kind of think about like, like which topics were the most important and then kind of like divvy up? Like you were like, okay, I'll do the videos for this one and you'll do, or is it videos? I'm just assuming it is like videos (laughs) talking through like how to do something. And then like your EUH kind of like did half of them or so and kind of came together like yeah we really kind of we did a a lot of it jointly as well as divvying it up so we we automatically would say like we just knew like oh yeah you work on that one yeah yeah I'll work on that one and then we'd read each other's and add to it and it was really interesting to see like oh yeah yeah that too and so each module is like written by one person and then critiqued and added to by the other one, which makes them so much more richer. Yeah. yeah. And then we'd have discussions too that really were interesting and sort of organic about our own experiences combined with like this really well thought out instruction to help people. So it's pretty well balanced in that regard too. I love that you kind of just like knew like who was doing which one. Like it was like clear to you. It wasn't like, well, I want to do this one. <laughs> That's perfect. That seems like it was really organic. So what else went into actually creating it? What else in terms of, again, I'm just, I'm, I love the aspect of doing something with, like with a friend, like as someone who's always been in business, like by myself for years, years and years and years. And like you guys, I know were too, like, what is that like just to like work um, with each other? Obviously knowing you're still doing your own businesses too. And also obviously knowing it's been mostly during coronavirus. So like you may not have been like getting together to do it as in person as much as normal, but like, how do you guys stay organized with each other? Like just from like a business standpoint, I just want to know more about like what it's like to work together. Sorry, Gina, I'm going to jump in here. So I think Google documents is amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's basically been our organization and Gina is an overachiever and she has amazing ability to really schedule and write down everything that we need to be doing um, 
And it's just like the way that her brain thinks just works perfectly for organizing. But I would say like one of the big benefits to having two of us, um, or at least for me, is it's hard running any kind of business solo. Never mind like starting to create a new one, especially during a pandemic. We might want to really reconsider that next time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think the biggest benefit to having someone else is like when you get stuck or lose motivation or you need help, thankfully, I feel like the other person has been really helpful and being like, no, 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 we can get this. We can get this. And like during this process, I got pregnant and had a baby and I was like, I can't do anything. I don't know how to think right now. And Gina has been amazing to just be like super supportive and and keep going with the action plan and the lists and the things that we need to get done. And I'd like to think that now that I'm starting to come out of like the newborn trenches a little bit and Gina has so many other things going on in her life, I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to just you know, keep the momentum and switch it. So that way she feels like she can take a little bit of time now to do what she needs to as well and still get our course launched and everything going. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing that not only is like the shared, you know, workload, it's more than that. It's like having each other's backs for when it gets really hard. And this is the, this is a learning curve. Like we had never made a course before and it's like, oh, wow. So that whole aspect of it, you know, like, I mean, the video and the recording and the editing and the like, wow, wow, wow. And having each other to ensure each other to that, like, lack of the, like the overwhelm and the lack of confidence about it. And just to like help each other get out of our shells. I would have found it really hard to have a discussion about photography with myself in front of a camera. I'm just going to put that out there. I like to be behind the camera. So like having Angie there we laughed a lot during it. And that was huge for me. And honestly, having someone to meet, like for a while, we were meeting like three times a week, like just via like Zoom or whatever, Google me actually. But that was huge for my mental health, like over the pandemic for sure. Mm -hmm. And like having something to work on. Yes, I'm a little bit of an overachiever and I like to like have (laughs) goals and know what I need to do that like helps me like function. So although it was like a lot, it was also vital, I feel like, to get through this like crazy year. I love it. I love it. It like helped you guys get through it. And also like what there's no better time for people to take the course while people are still kind of like having more time at home. You can like sit and like hang out with you guys essentially. I feel like I feel like I want to take the course and not even a photographer. Just (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it must be fun. I I just can picture you guys like laughing and recording all these gems of like how to run a business. I like it must be awesome. Our blooper reel is my thing, actually. Oh, yeah, the blooper. I love the blooper reel. <laughs> I love that. And hey, I mean, I also like you know what they say. Right? I don't know. Is it a real saying? If you want to get something done, give it to a busy mom or something, right? Like I feel like yes, I can tell you guys like made an amazing product. Like I know that like whatever you put together is, I'm sure it's like so good. Without even you know before I even knew what a organized Google Docs user you were. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anything else uh, just about like working together on this, about launching a course together, anything else like that, that you feel like people should know, either if they're thinking of joint doing a joint venture with a friend, if they're thinking of launching a course, if they're a photographer who wants to take the course, anything else like that? The only other thing I was kind of thinking was So doing this with Gina really made me think about when I first got started, or I think both of us, 
And Mm. I felt like the biggest thing was the uncertainty and you just didn't know, am I doing this right? Is this how to get this done? Like, what is this the best way? And I felt like, well, going through with her, like we just sort of put out everything that we could think of that helped us like define ourselves, helped us with our photography, helped us with our business. And we just really want, you know, someone coming in, especially someone new, like we really feel like someone coming in, this is going to be really helpful for them and just feel secure and know that, okay, I am going down the right path. This is going to be fruitful. Mm -hmm. And for anybody who's sort of been in photography for a while and just feeling like burnt out, we feel like this is how we got to something that was really fulfilling. So if it's helpful, like we think it'll be helpful for them to also, you know, carve that new path to do what they really want to be doing. So they don't just feel like, you know, they're on a machine or like going down the hamster wheel of like new weddings, but not finding like their work is going to be very fulfilling and their clients aren't really connecting the way that they want. Things like that. So they can pivot and have like a whole new career with the craft that they already know. Um, And yeah, for the new photographers, like if I could take their stress and anxiety away, like that I had and like let them start earning and feeling just more confident earlier, like that's huge. So we're real people on the other side of our website. So, you know, if you email us, we can hop on the phone and, talk to you about if you feel like it's a good fit for you so on and so forth like you know so we're here and we're here to like guide photographers through it too even though it's video like we're we're reachable for sure yeah that's awesome I don't know I feel like any it's so so valuable if it can help you get up and running in like well wait like a couple weeks a couple months like that somebody can go through this and then like basically already be yeah, with, within a month, they could have digested all the information and start putting those steps into place to change it all. Yeah. Amazing. Even sooner if they're really going for it, you know? If they're um, Regina, you could get it done in two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I wish I had had this course when I was starting a business. Like, I wish you, I wish I had had, like, the how to start a PR agency course when I was starting. But right, like, oh yeah. Skip like the first five years of like stress and burnout and like not making money. Honestly, like when I started out, I remember having moments like, you know, you forego that steady, secure paycheck and to start this, it's really scary. And I remember having a lot of anxiety or like moments where I think it would have been like a minor panic attack, just being like, I don't know if I'm going to get enough clients to make this happen. And I don't know how I'm going to pay things. But I feel like if I could have, gotten a little backdoor into someone's business and been like, oh, I get it now. Like I would have done a lot for that. (laughs) Totally. Okay. So tell, well, so I always ask everybody at the end, um, or like at the end of the conversation, what's one thing you wish you had known when you were first starting your business? If you want to, you could bring that all the way back to your first photography business or like what you wish you had known when you first went into like starting revealing the narrative together and starting a course, however you want to approach that. But something you wish you had known when you first starting do you want to go, Gina, or do you want me to? <laughs> oh, you to, I want you to go first. Okay, okay. All right. So I think, okay, so we actually have a module on this because I think it's so important um, and it's self-doubt. So I would say, I don't know if this is what you were going to go talk about, but it, uh, <laughs> hands down, it's like you doubt yourself. And I think it kind of spills into what I was just saying, where like you have anxiety and uncertainty. And I feel like even in when I started my business, like I felt like I had to conform to more traditional styles of photography. And I didn't realize that like by branching out and doing really what I wanted to be doing, like that was going to be a better business model. It was going to be better clients. It was going to be better art. 
So I feel like having someone to like hold my hand for a minute and say, it's going to be okay. And you can continue to do this and your passion and drive will really help secure that business that you want to. Like I would have, I would have died for that. Just that like reassurance that it was going to be okay. And I had what it took in order to get where I needed to be. Yes, absolutely. Like I think trusting that how you want to do something will work is huge. Like that trust in yourself. And that doesn't mean that you can't elevate it, but trusting that your passion for how you want to do it is how you should go, I think is huge. So mm-hmm. if you're really passionate about, you know, photographing those moments, you stick with that. And if someone doesn't resonate with that, that's okay. Someone else will, and they're your client. And really, really sticking to that is huge. And you know, when you have those feelings of self-doubt and like, is this all going to work out? Should I just, you know, throw the towel in that you have the tools to access to fix something if it's not working, but ultimately just trust that it, that will like, that's if I could go back in time, I would like tell myself like, it's going to work out. Just trust yourself and stop wasting all this energy freaking out, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, It's not helping anyone. Like it's not, I mean, you should be able to look at your business and assess it, but yes. like self-doubt that you create and the uncertainty and that stress like that, that's not helping anyone. That's not helping. Yeah. yeah it's just it's not getting you anywhere you need to be. And it's very natural, but we want to be the, the people there that can be that person holding your hand and not only telling you it's going to be okay, but giving you the tools to make it like exceed your expectations. Totally. I love that. Okay. The last thing I always do ask too, maybe only one of you can say it or you both can, no pressure. It might, it's, I feel like we kind of already, this might've already covered it, but any last bit of advice that you, that you want to share with other entrepreneurs? I feel like what you already said kind of counts, but anything else? Be yourself and all assets, like all parts of your business. When you're speaking to clients, be yourself. When you're writing on your website, be yourself. When you're photographing, like all that stuff, like, because I'm sure if you've looked into anything business-wise, it's true that you yourself are your unique selling point. And so the more authentic you can be, the more connected you're going to be to your clients and the better you're going to feel. I think Gina summarized it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, okay. Tell us where, tell people where they can find you guys individually, where they can find the course, how they can like connect with you guys online if they want to do that. So it's um, revealingthenarrative.com. And I would say that's probably the best place to connect with us. And if you want to email us, I think the easiest one right now would probably be revealingthenarrative at gmail.com. And we are on Instagram and it's all revealing the narrative. So. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a contact form on the website and we have, you'll see a Facebook group on the contact page on the website too, if you want to join that and be part of our ever-growing little community. Yeah. Awesome. We'll put that in the show notes so people can find that. That's great. Cool. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on here today and talking about this. Thank you. This is fun. This yeah, is thanks for having us. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe to Quotable, a female millennial entrepreneur podcast. So you won't miss the next episode and leave a review on iTunes. So other people will be able to find us easily. Also, don't be shy to get in touch with me or anyone you heard on this show. We're all about connecting and our Instagram handles and contact links are always in the show notes. If you have questions or ideas for a future episode or you want to submit a guest or to see those show notes, you can do all of that online at quotablemediaco.com 
backslash podcast. One other thing, join other listeners on Facebook and Instagram by searching female millennial entrepreneurs and joining us there. Talk to you soon and see you there.